my high school spirit pretty interesting you know i grew up in a very diverse area you know i have friends of all different cultures like my friend group every single one of them is a different race um so growing up like i didn't really acknowledge racism or you know really see it in the world because you know my my world was so diverse and we were all so accepting of each other but you know like looking back there were definitely things that were said to me that were like didn't seem racist on the surface but like if you really look deep into it like there was a negative connotation attached you know like people telling me that like I don't talk black because I don't say nigga all the time or people mm. telling me that like I'm mm. smart for a black person like mm. it it was just like and I don't think at the time they meant any like harm at the time but yeah like subconsciously like they had already been programmed to believe to have this idea of what black people were supposed to be and it showed when they said those things to me and like like I said, like, I don't think there was any ill will, but it was just like they were programmed by society to have this conception of black people or conception of black people that like viewed them as as not being able to be in like honors classes or AP classes or like keep up with them, like, you know, um, mentally. Uh, so it was just really interesting for me to like look back at those, those kind of times and just kind of reflect and see how those people are today or if they're still you know if they still have that kind of idea in their head yeah, or yeah. if they've grown and like it, you know evolved from that stage so i mean i haven't talked to a lot of those people for a long time but i i think it would be very interesting if i could remember the specific people that said it to me like i, I don't remember who it was but it's definitely things that were said in like middle school high school um and it was definitely kind of difficult to be the only black person in, in an honors class or make there might have been like one or two others in the class with me right. but like you know and then it's always awkward when you're in your like history class and then you start talking about you know slavery and segregation and it's just like everyone wants to know what your opinion is on it and everyone's looking at you um but yeah it was it was definitely an interesting experience and like and as i like thought about it like I feel like we learned about segregation and slavery a bit too early because I, I was probably in like middle school when we had that that conversation. So it's like, at, you know, you're a middle school kid, like you don't really comprehend the the weight of like what you're learning, you know, like mm -hmm. I feel like that was something that would have been better suited for like your senior year of high school um, when you're a bit more mature and you're like you're a bit more willing to like look into new ideas rather than just like fucking around in class you know yeah so yeah man i mean that that's that's like my high school experience wrapped up in a nutshell um it wasn't like i never experienced like direct racism of people like you know um you know calling me the n-word directly or but that, that actually that is one thing though like people said the n-word like so openly um and growing up where I did, like, I didn't really even acknowledge, like, I, like I said, I didn't acknowledge the weight that that word held. And it was just, it was just normal for me to hear non-black people say it. It wasn't until, like, I got to SCU um, and joined the Black Student Union that, you know, like, people, like, expressed their opinion about it and said, like, they, that's wrong, you know. And then, like, when I really looked at it, like, I started to agree, like, I should have never allowed 
people to say that word to me, um, even if it was in if they didn't mean necessarily any harm by it. It was just, you know, it was just normal life for me. What was your education like in high school, like history wise? Um, like like teachers give out bad. They, they don't give out the proper information about black people. Thus, you yeah. get this like lack of just understanding when it comes to approach and, and relationship building and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, so, I think yeah. I think we did you like one of our classes was U.S. history and world history. I think yeah. like we did two years of U.S. history, two years of world history, if I remember correctly, or maybe we didn't even, maybe it was just one and one, but definitely like the chapters about black people were very short. Like, you know, they, they paint the perfect picture of, you know, Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. So they did these peaceful protests and everybody was happy in it and like everybody joined hands. And then, you know, that ended racism. That was kind of like the, the way yeah. we were taught, you know, like that's where it right. ended. And then, oh, like, yeah. they kind of, like, labeled Malcolm X as an extreme extremist and, like, you know, yeah. kind of not really teaching us, like, his philosophy um, about, you like, know, about civil like rights. And... <laughs> Go ahead. Like, your own, your own teachers would be like, yo, Malcolm X is, you know, he's crazy. He's all about, you know, using guns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, like I... I don't think they, they necessarily said he was crazy, but he maybe had like one paragraph in the book, you know, and it just said pretty much just said, oh, he had a different view than MLK. He was more extreme. And like that was it. Like they didn't really go into his views specifically, um, yeah. you know, about what he stood for. So it was and I don't even think they mentioned the Black Panther Party like it. it <laughs> they just kind of like brushed over the things that like yeah. would necessarily empower black people and like kind of went more towards the oh you know they were always you know we were peaceful and we you know everybody joined hands and it was all good after that after whenever the civil rights um act was passed like when right when the civil rights act is passed like that was the end of black history you know right. and then next February <laughs> came Let's let's celebrate. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even know Juneteenth was a holiday. So, mm-hmm. That was that's yeah, bro. That's how foul it is. So, oh yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so they used that's to the be other thing. Like they they, they never to... like. Oh, go ahead, Manny. Sorry. No, I was just saying like Memorial Day used to be Decorations Day. Like it used to be a day to uh to remember those black people that had died for at the, uh, at the hands of war. We we call it a day of you know Patriot Day, but if you re- if you look up the definition of Memorial Day, what it once stood for, it was black people that wanted to celebrate for literally being just like enslaved and have winning winning their freedom. Mm. And it's literally called uh, color coloration day or something like that. Wow, yeah, another thing you don't know, like that that like, crazy. That, that's crazy. So. Like, I know me, me and Eddie talked about, you know, our, our high school experience. And Manny, what, what about you? Like, what about your high school experience prepared you for college? Was it more of a diverse? Uh, did you have a lot of diversity in your school? Was it kind of a shell shock when you went to Santa Clara? What, what about your experience in high school made it different? I'll, from Santa Clara? I'll just keep it short and simple because I honestly agree. I, I would like go along the lines of what Mike said. Is like I honestly didn't have to deal with any race, any form of racism. Never like had I once been pulled over by a police officer. Like I would want to say San Jose in general is relatively like diverse and 
and and and encompassing in terms of just who 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 lives here and everything. And for that reason, but I, there's also another thing that like I kind of like in, throughout a high school, I never seen a black person before. Like, I don't mean to sound that like weird. Like, I don't mean to sound weird about that, but like actually though, like in my high school, there were actually black people. It might sound like it was super diverse, but like there were a bunch of Ethiopians, and I'm I i do not mean like like I'm talking about like African American. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, on through the actual struggles of civil rights and had actually fought for their freedom, actually been enslaved as ancestors. Like none right. of that stuff is actually here in the South Bay, and that's actually kind of concerning because we're considered like the, you know, quote unquote like you know we're we're, we're like the, the like we're we're leading the America we're leading America in terms of like you know you know everything you know in terms of mm-hmm. our technology our diversity and all that stuff but we don't have any black people here period but we profit off of black people like in general in california you know with movies and sports and shit like that but like there's right. absolutely not a single black person here and then like you see the hispanic and latino population here it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty large right and yeah. like they're they're and, and that's where I go to say, like, police brutality comes in, like, I know I'm, like, jumping around, but police brutality comes in very different forms. You know, like, mm-hmm. Hispanic people get murdered here daily, you know, yeah. because we don't have black people. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day. That's big fact. And it's seen as big, as big of a problem. So, like, I never really seen, like, racism come to me. I was almost considered that, that token black kid, you know, like, oh, you know, he's smart. Like, like I got, I was blessed to have speak for my graduation. Like mm. I was really like I was overall well known, so I was I almost got like a different perspective. Like you guys seen Lil Wayne talk about police, how he's like, oh police yeah, no, like, no, it's exactly, yep. I always had a perspective like that where I'm like, I don't know what y'all like, almost ignorant. You feel me? Right. Like, mm-hmm. but but almost to a to a to a degree because it was a good thing. Like my 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 high school white and they feel like. They 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 would they still hit me up to this day asking me like if I'm okay with everything that's going on like there's good white mm. people out there and then there's bad ones that don't care about bad there's no bad people they just don't understand you and I think that's what Mike is saying about like you know with people that he went to school with is that like they really just don't know where you come from and I got lucky to have teachers that really did know where I come from and wanted to get to know where I came from so they took so I think the difference between the teachers I had in high school and and, and college was that they like the teachers really cared. That's literally it. Like asking questions really means shit, you know. Like mm-hmm. you know, and like saying what's up. But like when I went to college, you didn't see any of that. Damn. I, I think like I almost keep going. Go ahead. Yeah. And I was gonna say I almost felt like there was no such thing as racism, cause like when I was at San, when I was in San Jose, I'm like, damn, like this, like in Santa Clara is like 15 minutes down the street, you guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. So <you're> like, <laughs> yeah. You're living a life like, damn, California's perfect, you know? Yeah. And you go to Santa Clara and it's like shell Like, my, my roommate's black. And I'm like, that's that's dope. I love the fact that I have my first African-American friend. Mm, <laughs> but the fact, yeah. of the, matter, the fact of the matter is I'm going to school with 8,000 other folks that all resemble white skin tones and my roommate's black. I don't mean, I like, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm so thankful that he's my best friend. You know what right. I mean? But it's just like, comes to show that like the school doesn't want they don't want to they don't want you to the white they don't want white people to understand black people they won't put us together they won't put programs for us to mingle and interact one another understand one another like it's always like using us they're always using us as like some sort of a token for yeah. you know 
you know, for their Something brochure, like to yeah, put the, us the, uh, that the, one black person on the fucking uh, on the broken brochure that they hand everybody for orientation. Like, bro, <laughs> I swear, the moment Mitty found out I was going to Morehouse, they called another dude who had gone to Florida A and M like the year before me. I think we were like the first two kids to go to an HBCU from Mitty. And, bro, they got us for the photo shoot like that, bro. Like, we were, like, front page and, like, bro, put the Morehouse and the Fab U sweater on. So, I know, bro, it's, it's crazy. Like, as a society, we've come to this, like, idea where it's, like, oh, it's good to show that we're doing something good. Like, when did that, like, when did we ever come to a point where, like, we got to highlight the things that, we're, like, we shouldn't have to showcase exactly. We're, we're, we're furthering a cause like at the end of the day if we really want to get down to statistics we can and we know for a good damn well fact that you guys are not no pwi is furthering any motherfucking black cause period hell no like, no I, no we, no not at all <laughs> no, no. man <laughs> whatever it is they're you know they're posting on their websites and all that and it's just it's just photo honestly op. man it's a photo op <laughs> and that's like i'm not gonna lie i was going to morehouse like i was so removed from from that kind of perspective because like literally i saw like black scientists black musicians black politicians black lawyers like anything black you name it i saw at that school and uh it's funny because when we talk about like why i went to the school Literally, bro, I think I was like reading something and it said Martin Luther King went to Morehouse. And I was like, oh. well, damn, I'm gonna apply. Like, he was pretty cool, dude. I'm gonna <laughs> apply to that school. And then yeah. I found out like Samuel Jackson went there and then Spike Lee. But then, um, there's a guy on TV right now, actually. He, we, uh, as a student union at MIDI, went to go see him. His name's Bakari Sellers. He's, uh, he was like a South Carolina representative, the, the the youngest of all like of all time in that state. And he, he was speaking at Stanford and then he mentioned that he went to Morehouse as well. So like right after that I was sold and then it was like between that and the messed up part was like bro, I was so hell bent on staying home. It was like, yeah, I might just go to San Francisco State, call it a day. But my mom packed the bags for me, and she was like, bro, you're going to Morehouse. Don't even play with me like that. So pop sent me, mom sent me, and, and that was it. So um, it's crazy you talk about that because, like, once I left Mitty, I saw the complete difference in everything that we've talked about from mm-hmm. the aspect of history and then also from what I studied as well, political science. Mm-hmm. There was heavy emphasis on, like, everything from a black point of view um and then when he wanted to teach object i mean objective uh things like what's government what's uh, what does it mean to be a a liberal what does it mean to be a conservative um you saw black examples and it Mm. and it doesn't you know paint it doesn't doesn't wash away the the white perspective that i was given all those times all that those years uh before i was at morehouse because that was kind of the educational base that I stood on, you know, like George Washington's this, uh, Lincoln is this, but then you don't hear about like a Nat Turner or you don't hear about just um, 
a Booker T. Washington. You don't hear about a W.E.B. Dubois. Like, all these people who would definitely shape my way of thinking today. Like, I got all that from, from Morehouse, and that definitely supplanted a lot of what I learned um, throughout throughout my schooling, to be honest. So I noticed that, you know, Eddie, you, you went to Morehouse and you learned, you know, a whole bunch of about your history, um, about Africa and uh, about just about history of the African diaspora in general, right? Mm-hmm. About how, and it, it was kind of uplifting. It kind of helped you kind of mm-hmm. unlearn some, like you, you added on what you, onto what you had. So you kind of made a complete uh, portfolio. But yeah. I want to contrast with that with what Mike and Manny experienced. Um, I don't know who wants to go first because, you know, you had some experiences of your own, Mike and Manny, that kind of like really gave you like a paradigm shift, like me at MIDI, but what it what race means to you. So I guys kind of want you guys to speak on your experience, especially Manny, uh, with that first orientation at Santa Clara, that kind of like that welcome, welcoming but not so welcome orientation as well. That was scary. Huh? Mm. I can definitely ask if I can speak on that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. But I know what you're referring to. But yeah. I have another incident that I could, I could, I could definitely talk. Yeah, to go ahead, about. man. Like, anything, anything's open too. Yeah, Gary. I mean, yeah. I mean, imagine being uh, like my roommate was, uh, Gary. What Gary was, uh, Gary was basically known before he had been, uh, before he attended Santa Clara for being, quote unquote, uh, suspect in a burglary attempt. Of a, of a of a vehicle i guess a grand theft auto and because he was going in his roommate's car or the guy who was sponsoring him he was a guy who was sponsoring him let him borrow his car so someone apparently said there's this dude black kid on campus typical white santa Clara student would say this i'm not saying all i'm saying a typical white santa Clara student would say this and probably called the cops and fucking ratted this nigga out no, sorry excuse my language but it's like imagine being a senior in high school and then you know he's from berkeley too which is pretty diverse in itself so i'm right. sure he had very much of an experience like mine like mike you know i mean like you eddie like you chidozi and then all of a sudden you go to santa clara for your orientation and then you pulled over already like and you're detained by police officers yeah that's wild <laughs> story that like hadn't come out either like nobody really talked about it's like yeah wow. like I, I i i never knew that um, honestly, um, that's, that's pretty crazy. It's for that to be your introduction to Santa Clara is, yeah. um, getting the police one, called on you and being, you know, yeah, that's kind of that's, that's crazy. Like I wouldn't even know how to handle that. Yeah. He was, he was not going to go. And then they literally paid him basically to shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, I know that. <laughs> Damn, gave him that full ride, huh? <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, I mean, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, for for me, it was. I don't know. Like, I I came to Santa Clara to do the. Uh, what, what was the? Oh, Sadie. Is that is that what it was? Like when you when oh. all the black high school students come what was what was the name what was that called yeah you were right. it was yeah. called sadie yeah so yeah. like that like the only reason like i think i got in like really involved into the black community at santa clara was because of sadie like that's where i met 
you know, I met Brandon. That's where I met Chidozi. Like, Chidozi was my roommate during that. Um, and so, like, they automatically became my first friends at Santa Clara. Like, you know, I hit up, I reached out to Brandon, like, to become my roommate. Or, or Brandon reached out to me. And, like, and Brandon has, is, has always been pretty, you know, woke about this kind of stuff. So just kind of learning from him and then knowing to get involved into the Black Student Union, like, really kind of opened my eyes to the struggles that, you know, that we go through. Because um, who knows, if I had never gone to Sadie, like, my Santa Clara experience could have been completely different. Like, mm-hmm. I could have, you know, I could have just got some random white roommate, um, probably wouldn't have gotten to Graham, like, one of the nicer dorms, like, nah, we would have like I don't you. know. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I would have eventually found you guys. But it's just like because I guess that's the other thing is that like, you know, like having common interests, you know, come from a diverse place. Everybody had pretty similar interests. You know, everybody liked hip hop. Everyone liked basketball, you know, so it was just like everyone had common interests. But going to Santa Clara, I could definitely see that. You know, now all of a sudden I'm hearing people listen to like country music, <laughs> like playing <laughs> the I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> and um, that's how you know California. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Very oh, uh, I think that was like Sadie was definitely kind of like my introduction to being like welcomed into a into a black community and then joining. Um, Nesby, the National Society of Black Engineers. Like, I think Dozy, you went to you went with us to one of those conferences. Like, that's the most black people I've seen in one like successful black people I've seen in one place at one time. Like, it was it was amazing to see that like these people from you know all over the country are like coming together for this conference and like you know trying to progress their careers and you know and it really kind of just motivated me to see and like made me feel good that like. That, that our people are are out there to succeed and do good th- and do great things, you know. Yeah, that was one of yeah. the uplifting experiences. So when I went there, it's like I've never seen that many people like in one space, right? And then it was just like it was really it's really it was just really like nice and uplifting to see like mm-hmm. everyone in one space and it's all po- it's for like po- it's a positive goal. Like everyone's just trying to get a job like, to move ahead and succeed and. You know, it, just, it was just very motivating to be there. Well, best way to spend your spring break, I think. Yeah. That makes me think, like, how you were saying earlier, Mike, like, when you would, like, talk to your friends in high school and you would, like, they had already already taught them something about you, like, you're this person. Therefore, like, whenever you would do something that was out of, like, ordinary, they would just auto- automatically be like, what the fuck? Like, you know, they'd have, like, brain freeze, like, this, this guy's not a black guy. You know what I mean? Because they were really yeah. the fact that they, people have learned these things about you, but you can unlearn those things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and that's typically what I did. Like, I, I went to high school and I literally learned European history forever. Took mm-hmm. all the AP history classes and then went to went to a PWI and continued that philosophy. Mm-hmm. And then I had to unlearn that stuff. Like, I had to begin, like, reading black history, like, just reading about black history in order to start learning about who I am and start feeling the power within my own self. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. I, exactly what Nesby did, you know, like they put you in a position where you get to learn about and not only get to learn about like what other people are doing, but you just you're just there. You're present. And the fact that like you're there 
gives you that like it opens doors for you where it's like i remember i was told never in my life have i been told this before that i cannot do anything i've never been told that by anybody except for a fucking counselor at santa clara who told me that she didn't think i could get into to law school because she thinks that i just wasn't prepared enough so i should probably work for the federal government and i'm like <laughs> who's the counselor who's the counselor who, who's that woman no we're not going to protect her and yeah, poli sci professor. I don't give a fuck anymore. I don't go to school there. <laughs> and Baker, you're on blast. Tell me I shouldn't go to That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. But my high school teachers who nominated me as not, I was about 20, far from that. I had a 3.5 in high school. But mm-hmm. like, they nominated me to speak in front of my school, told me that I should apply to law school. My high school teachers are the ones that are like, yo, you were, um, you were a destined lawyer. So why is it that, you know, so it's it's not it's not about like it's all about the fact that people already have this like mis like this idea of you. Like they don't think you can do something because of the knowledge and the history that they've accumulated about you. And for that reason it's like only we can change that. You know, only we can change the narrative by doing exactly what that extremist said, Malcolm X. And mm-hmm. honestly just investing in ourselves. And and that's what he said, bro. We never fucking that's why I hate when people when I read these history books now. Right. I just it pisses me off because the fact that kids think of us or people think of us a certain way is only because of what people are told. Like I remember reading a a YouTube video about this dude who some Chinese guy told this black guy like I was my parents told me that you guys were violent and this black guy was going to help him because he was crying on the middle of the road. He's like, oh no, please don't take my money. Um, He's like, wait, I'm not gonna take your money. Like I'm here to help you. Like if you need a ride, some money, I got you. Like I'm sorry, I've never. So at the end of the day, I really do think it's just education and the fact that people don't know shit about us. All they know is that we went through slavery. Yeah. Wow. You feel me? That's false. There's been hundreds of thousands, there's thousands of years of information about us that they choose not to tell us. And that that's why Eddie, I like, I admire you for that. Like, you know your shit. You feel me? Yeah. You thank you. They gave you that shit. Whereas yeah, Santa Clara, from that, you know what I mean? I think not just Nip, like. When I think about what you just said, I think it was like a line Nipsey Hussle says, like, they don't know about our strength and our stolen greatness. Like, that's a real deal thing because... um, Maybe they do know. That too, and they just hide. Like, that too. That can definitely be... It's only our hope that it's not as sinister, of course. (laughs) Yeah, bro. I I mean to say that. the, The... depth of everything from the scientists bro because it's like i remember going into like the biology wing and you just look at the people working in there all these black scientists and to your point about the distinctions of uh descendants of slaves and immigrants like morehouse is the one place where i saw all of that i saw every single kind of of black person you could think of and especially even in the science department, I think the science department is honestly one of our most like heralded wings, just because you never hear of the guys who come out of it, of course, because they're scientists. And unfortunately, science isn't that sexy to people. But you put that with like our political science department and like a lot of other things at that school. And it's it, bro, I still I'm still learning. I'm still unlearning because, you know, it was a. It's heavy how much they place on you to learn, and then unless you take those steps to unlearn that stuff, it'll be a lengthy process. So even first year at Morehouse, when I'm learning history, I'm I'm having to check my stuff every every day at the door because 
I thought I knew this, and then I, I don't know that. Like, I think one from obviously on this end on this example, like Winston Churchill, you know, in my in my head before Morehouse, he was World War World War hero, you know, told right. the Brits to get up out of out of the dust and climb from the ashes and all of that. But then I don't I don't know about the imperialism. I don't know about like how crazy British rule was and how terrible it was to Kenyans where I'm from. So it's like I to have reverence about that man and then have it all unchecked. It's like one of those those like just shaky, shaky feelings because you've unlearned something that you definitely thought you were so secure in. And, um, well, what did Winston Churchill yeah. do the do to the Kenyans? Just a brief. It. He was he was the one who implemented colonialism um, first. So he was pretty much he laid the foundation for colonialism in Kenya and a lot of other places, India. Um, oh, Jamaica. Where else? Oh, Damn. like pretty much everywhere in that mid 1900s time period, like. He was heavy into the oppression that those people were facing on a daily basis. But he, but yeah, he, but 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 to England, he's like they're a national hero. Yeah, to everybody, he's <laughs> he's the guy. He's the guy that we. I think he had a like. It was funny because one of the homegirls yeah. in a blessed heart, just a white girl, and uh, she sent me. She's like, "Yo, do you want to go see this dope movie? It's called Churchill." And I'm like, "Yo, you really want that?" <laughs> A two-hour like Winston Churchill movie, like for real, like what they gonna do? Have him saying like some dope speeches? They're not gonna talk about anything that he was really out here doing to get his wealth. They gonna talk yeah. about you know the wartime and him screaming and yelling all the men and children and all that. I'm like, yeah, y'all miss me with that. No, it's it's That's- crazy. It's crazy that you mentioned Winston Churchill because now I, I was on Twitter and I'm just checking up the news everywhere, and there's this like struggle to like should we throw down these statues of like the slave owners or these uh, in Canada, US, or should we keep them wild? But at the same time, like, you know, like a lot of these founding fathers in America, they were definitely slave owners. Mm-hmm. Um, like even George Washington, Thomas Jefferson and in Canada, mm-hmm. another person as well. I forgot the name, but at the same time, should you, should you reverence them or not? Because I, like, these are the people that, you know, drafted the constitution. And then on the right oh. side, a lot of right wingers are saying, you know, the Constitution, it's the greatest document ever made, yada, yada. And on the other side, you know, you'll have, like, you know, like, these people own slaves, they rape slaves, they did all types of crazy stuff. So should you, like, throw down, throw away your statues? And for me, I really don't care. You throw away the statues. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> did you hear about the, did you hear about the city in Seattle that just, like, I guess, established themselves as a new country? Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, that's the way to go right there. That might sound wild. But literally buy yeah. back your own land. Like black people need to go back and start establishing our own countries and literally call it our own countries. Like we need to yeah. buy back country. You know what I mean? I, when I read that, I was like, whoa, Seattle, part, a part of Seattle now they don't have no. It's, it's, it might sound crazy, but imagine if that shit changes like in the future. Like, yeah. people, right. like black money start going back and literally doing what MLK or uh, what's the name Malcolm X has been preaching. Like you know, Martin, MLK was for it too. That's MLK, what, like, during, like, the last part before he had his untimely murder, like, that's what he was him. saying things, yeah, he was saying things like, I, I fear that I've, I've integrated my people into a burning house. Mm. He was like, did I, did I 
set my people up in some way, shape, or form for, for catastrophe? And it's an honest and it's a real question that even the, that like the political philosophers that we, we talk about were talking about way back back then, but that's a good question you have to always ask, man. No, I mean, honestly, I think that's a that's the reason why they killed him. Like he finally yeah. figured it out. If him and Malcolm X work together and they use their powers together, right. money be flowing. Right. Money. True. Like it's true. not all about putting people together, but it's about putting money in the right places. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's all about it's all about the money, seeing where the money goes. And it's like yeah. I don't know if um, Lost like so, I got to see the the King papers, right? Like Martin Luther King wrote the like the letter from a Birmingham jail, all that stuff they had on display at like an uh, at a library, right? Maybe a mile from my campus. Like stuff like that is what I think we talk about when it comes to like. When I excuse me, what I'm talking about when it comes to like the difference between a PWI and a, and a HBCU, it's like you'll get the same textbooks, but right. the way you're giving the information and the way you're seeing it applied in action is two totally different things. Like when you talked about the uh, the Black Engineers Summit that you were speaking of, Mike, that was dope because it was like, yeah. Like, can you imagine if kids like in this area on a consistent basis had the opportunity to see black engineers on a daily basis, even black coding? Because it's like I think a bit of it is just they never see it. So they don't think it's obtainable for them. Yeah, I think that's that's a big part. Like you just don't see yourself in certain positions growing up. So it seems harder, but it's actually, you know, it's it's right there for the taking. Yeah, that's why the people think, be like, the North might be more racist than the South. So some days, more, bro. See, like black North and they're in the South. You really believe it? More more opportunities in the South. Wild man. Mike, your your dad grew up in the South, right? So tell tell us about that experience about. That contrast between your upbringing and your your dad's upbringing. I was in your letter you posted on Instagram. Um, yeah, so my dad grew up in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, he was born mm. in the 1950s. Um, so yeah, he was born into the the Jim Crow era of um, segregation wow. and just being, you know, viewed as less of a person. And you know, he's he's told me, you know, dozens of stories of like things that have happened to him. Like he's. He's witnessed lynchings. He's, um, you know, like he, he told me about how <laughs> this is this story is kind of funny, but he told me how like when he would um, he'd be just chilling on the corner with his friends and there'd be like some white guys that would come by in their car and they'd be chanting nigger, nigger, nigger. And then he was like, that's when I got my brick and threw it at their car. But then, yeah, and then other things like, um, you know, um, oh, having to man. look down when you pass a when you pass a white woman, um, you know, mm. everyone knows everyone knows about the separate, you know, the separate but equal bullshit. Yeah, um, there's so many other things that, that's also like that the history books don't teach you that happened. Um, yeah, you know, um, and you know, growing up in projects and just like what the struggle was for them and like you know, uh, a lot of the times like he had to you know, in order to make money, like, he had to work for, like, in some occasions, he had to work for, like, white people, like, being, like, he was a caddy 
Um, like, so he would like go to the, the golf courses and like carry the, their, um, you know, carry the golf clubs. And like, like yeah. Hey, if you don't mind me asking, like when he, when he got out of that, did it even improve a little bit when they said Jim Crow, was it still the same old song? Like, did he, he still have to go through a lot of crazy stuff or like once they said the segregation was off, like it got a, a bit better. Um, he, I don't think he really, cause he moved, he moved to, um, he moved to LA at a pretty early age. Like as soon as he turned 18, like he, he was mm. out, um, and he mm. went to LA, which, you know, even, even though, yeah, even though like Los Angeles, like it, it's still like, it was still like a shitty place. Like it was 10 times better than okay. what he experienced in, yeah. in, in Tennessee, you know? So yeah. like, but he, he definitely was still like, you know, um, you know, abused by the police, like, every day, he still, like, he still talks about how, like, you know, he gets pulled over for simple shit, and gets questioned for simple shit, and he's just, like, and he's just gotta fucking take it, and, and it, and it, and it hurts him, like, I can hear the pain in his voice, I'm just, like, mm. remembering those times, and, like, I, I feel so bad, because, like, I, I grew up in such a complete, in a completely different scenario, and, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have grown up the way I did, but though know, I'm glad that my father has shared those stories with me because it, you know, it really gives me perspective on on life and like how good life is for me. But at the same time, it also, you know, makes me want to do better, you know, and fix fix even more things that they fought for back then. And like the fight continues, like it's still not over. Um, so, yeah. I hear that. Man. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, and, and it's and it, like it, it, the craziest thing is because you know like when people think of you know Jim Crow and segregation like for some reason they don't think it was that they think it was like oh it was a long ass time ago like no like there's still like a whole generation of people from that time that are still alive mm. that are still like you know like that still remember those times and like yeah my dad is it's, it's like the kids that are also indoctrinated. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. it, they're going to have kids eventually. Like, everyone, those people that grew up with your dad, they were saying those things, they're doing those things to police officers. They're going to have kids. And it's not like the kids are going to magically pop out and be different. You know what I'm saying? Like, in your race in the household, the comments you say around your kids, they, they soak it up like a sponge. So, I mean, education is, is, is not helping at all. Yeah. The fact yeah, that I mean, all we're talking about is slavery and shit. And, oh, they were once slaves. You know, they, and the fact that, that we justify with science and we still study the people that use science to justify race like dark you know the fact that mm-hmm. we still, till this day like dude like evolution's obviously false we know that it's false i don't know why the fuck we fucking why, why the why in god's name we we teach it in school because it makes black people think they're apes and monkeys and that they haven't evolved in life because they look like apes or they they resemble the skin color of apes and that's the theory you know what i'm saying and it's like the fact that we still talk about that shit and like <sighs> elementary school like it's been proven scientifically that kids begin to develop you know beliefs and and and, and, and ideas about peoples and customs and cultures and shit you know at young ages you can't unlock shit especially when yeah you when know. you're a kid like yeah everything like everything that you soak up like you're gonna believe anything that's told to you right. so like if you have you know so like my dad's going on 70 years old like, you know, so if, you know, some racist white guy from his time, like, what does his kid look like? His kid's probably the same age as me. 
and like what is what is his, but his kid probably thinks a completely different way you know mm-hmm. like he's you know because his father has told him all these times that you know you know he's always like maybe like maybe in some cases like they don't even like directly expose their racism like they just say oh you know all oh, these black people they're so violent you know and like i don't know it, it's but it's almost how like, we get white people oh they're all so racist <laughs> it's like yeah you know, we've all got this we've already been bred with a certain with certain information and certain values and not values per se but like certain like notions in life that certain groups are just the way they are and unfortunately like that's the way that it's hard to already get out of that mindset and that's the thing it's like i'm telling you like i think that this like a lot of this conversation will always come back to the pwi versus hbcu with regards to education because like the history and like what mike is just talking about the mere fact that people can't recognize that there are still people, able body, who were living during Jim Crow and had to experience that shit. And y'all don't want to listen to them. It's like, what more what more can we give you to 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 kind of detail our pain in this situation? Like that that's well, crazy. I I can't even think because I remember talking to one of my professors about what you talked about, Mike, like he was in, I think, Alabama growing up, and it's like if there's a sidewalk and they don't even care if it's muddy or not on the street, and there's a white woman walking around, you look down and then you step off the street for that white woman. Mm-hmm. Like that, you're like the second person I've heard tell that story, which is just wild. And That's, then um, I've never actually what, what, heard before. What Manny, what you're like, what you're going through, because it's like how we learn about white people are this and white people are that, like. The founders of Morehouse were like five abolitionist white men who who had who were conducting like reading courses in the basement of some uh some reform school in Georgia. And then out of that, that's how Morehouse was was created. Like our first our first president was white. Um the the freshman dorm that I spent was Whitehall after the like the first president uh, he was white and um it was I white. had one of one of the teachers political philosophy uh, professor was a white man and this was a guy teaching me about uh, Fernon and uh, a bunch of just these different black intellectuals and he was giving it to me raw it wasn't anything he didn't adulterate anything. He challenged me. So in that respect alone, I did challenge my whole perception of like white people in this current dynamic and how to view uh, their contribution. Cause it's like, this thing is a human rights issue. Everything that we're fighting for, um, it's it, it's predicated on human rights. So everybody has to, to be a part of it. So I definitely had white professors there that were teaching me black history and African history, which is the trip. Another one I want to shout out, Dr. C, like middle-aged white woman from Texas who who fights for like the rights of African politics when she's when she's not teaching. It's like stuff like that you get to see and it and it and it warps your mind a lot. Yeah. Honestly, going back to your point, it is a human rights issue. Honestly, we should treat this like it's a genocide. Mm. Like, we're literally stripping people from their history, their origins, where they're from. Like, we're changing the narrative. It's not natural, obviously. It's something that man's doing. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting interesting you say that, Manny, because, you know, and that, that kind of brings me back to how you were talking about, like, being black versus being African-American, you know, yeah, like, exactly. I have no clue. I have no clue where I come from, like, I like where my ancestors mm-hmm. come from, like, like, literally, like, my entire history was just stripped, like, my, my entire family history was just stripped away, um, beyond a certain point, like, I think I can, but, I can only go back to, like, my great, great grandfather and grandmother and like that's that's as far back as i can go but like there's there has to be an entire history behind my family but like we just don't know yeah i'm sorry about that bro yeah one of the cruelest things they ever did bro swear to god that's what i'm saying it's the genocide and nobody still addressed it to this to this day because there hasn't been any reparations and that needs to be done any african that wants to go back to africa and wants to see every single country that they were once a part of and their ancestry line should be paid to go do that. You know what I mean? By the government. You know what I mean? Like there should be like a specific alloc- fund, like fund allocate, like allocation of funds for black people so that they can go do and pursue what they want to do. Because at the end of the day, like it's sad if they're not going to let that happen. Black, and that's definitely not going to happen, as we already right. know. Ain't nobody going to give us reparations. I really do think whatever that city did in, in Washington was honestly super innovative. Like literally, just buy back a city and then call it after yourself. And then they applied for some shit underneath under the United Nations. Like, I don't know if that's a good or bad idea, but it's better than inf- infesting our communities with these like these cops that just don't even know anything about you. It's wild, man. Because I mean, it's like, how else are we supposed to protect ourselves if the very building blocks were put in place to to harm you? Like that's the thing that I always they always ask about with the, the, the conversation around policing, if year after year after year you have countless bodies in the streets, there is a problem and it needs to be drastically ad- addressed. Like, it can't, Seattle taking, like, and that's the craziest part, people will find more problem with that than what actually caused them to take some drastic measures. Like, they'll honestly just focus on the fact that Seattle stood up for themselves instead of the fact that these people are out here getting murdered, and that's the reason they had to stand up for themselves. If, so. if a white supremacist did that, if some Texas city did that, they would be all for it. They'd mm-hmm. be like, look at them go. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what, I don't even they, know. They what did, they all they do is just restart the Confederacy. Oh, yeah. Essentially what they would be doing if, if, they, if they tried to do that. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, there's I mean, a lot of there's a lot of pushback because the Confederate flags got taken out uh, from NASCAR. No, they, I saw they, that. Those got banned, um, and so like people have been really no a lot of NASCAR's fan base too um, <laughs> gave uh, you know gave them pushback for that as well. About like the I don't even understand like what like well I mean you know obviously it's white supremacy but like the Confederacy lasted like five years like it's not like there's some deep rooted history behind you know the like like it's been hundreds of years of the confederacy like no the shit was a, a blip in you in like world and just world history at all and like people are just so rooted by like just rooted with that flag that they just like it just symbolizes they try to make it seem like it doesn't symbolize what it does but you know it they, they know deep down what it means it's crazy they literally resurrected these statues like in the 19, 
maybe tens or twenties. It wasn't like these statues were up before the Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. All these statues, a majority of these statues came up after the Civil War was even done as kind of is when Black people started to really find themselves during the Reconstruction period. It's kind of like they wanted to affirm their dominance and then that's what bled into the initiation of like Jim Crow and all that. Like that's the that's the worst part for me in all of this. It's like these statues weren't put up when you could make the argument they were generals who did their thing. It's like nah, they they, they put them up because they wanted to kind of you know just glorify some losers. It <laughs> it's gross, man. It really is, man. For gods. I I think oh, yeah. so. Going going into that, I know. So the reason also one of the reason I wanted to get Manny on the show because uh, Santa Clara. You know, all the companies have been doing this. They've been saying, like, we love black people, we care about black people, Black Lives Matter. You got everywhere I'm going. You know, I turned on to I, uh, I turned my iTunes on like yesterday. I saw, you know, the Black Lives Matter. My sister, like a week ago, told me to go online, type in Levi's.com, the jeans company. I went in there, type oh, in Levi's.com. All That's across it. the front page, we care about you, Black Lives That's Matter. Join the company. Oh you know what I'm saying? So, but Manny, Manny went off on his little uh, Instagram story because I know, right. I noticed that. Uh, Santa Clara also had their own statement, like they um they made their logo black. So usually it's like a white <laughs> logo. It's like it's like a white background. It says the word Santa Clara in this in a circular motion. And and then Manny was like, "Fuck that! Let me tell you the real history." You started posting these pictures of like the old missionaries. Could you explain what what was that all about? Get them. <laughs> no, first of all, it's red because it symbolizes the Native Americans that they killed and enslaved before they took the land and then called it an institution, as all the Jesuits did, which we should definitely not, like, like, these are things that I'm like, why the fuck aren't we talking about, like, killings? Right. Mm-hmm. Some, like, graphic, like, like photos, I just want to just, like, let them know. Like, <laughs> you gotta see it, bro. That's the only way. Like, if you think about it, the Jesuits played a crucial role in, in literally just the overall Christian, like, just the movement of Christianity and Catholicism in, 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 in the United States. And the fact of the matter is that they enabled slavery. They stood by it. They used slavery as a force to pay off their institutions. Like, and I get uh, Georgetown was able to somehow uh, pay back their their dues or whatever, whatever, they, for whatever harm that they caused. But at the end of the day, no other Jesuit university has spoken up for their part that they played in. And let's be real: if you're a Jesuit priest and there's another Jesuit priest doing it, as a Christian. Though your Christian ideals mean you stand up for what's right, you know. Right, I mean? you right. Don't let that say that you're supposed to enslave other people in the Bible, and and and, and the the idea that we've taken it does say it, but the idea that we've taken slavery to now and changed. If you look at what slavery really meant back in the day, it's not what it really means now. Like European, the Western civilization has changed the idea of slavery. Back then, bro, if you look at if you read your history books, slavery was used as a form to literally up yourself. So, like families would send their children to other families in different countries and these kids could grow up in, in, in education systems and, and somehow someday they could even become rulers of those countries you know what i mean like there was a way for you to move up the ladder whereas slavery in america was never seen as that like you ne- still to this day you it's very uncommon for blacks to be moving up the ladder and and mm. it's it's science like it's pro- it's proven it's you if you if you live in the lower class the average person that's in the lower class that goes to college and ends up, you know, finishing this shit can probably get to the middle class. It's not, it's not likely for them to get to high class, and it's been proven. You know what I mean? Right. So, 
And if you look at slavery, if you read history, if you, if you look at the roles slavery played um, in society, it's the same as shit that we see today. Same as right. drivers, drivers for, for, for uh, professionals. That was a slave back in the day. Um, someone that would work in home, someone that cooked food, slave. Mm-hmm. Only difference, only difference is that now it's like you're not getting lynched in broad daylight, where right. I mean, it's kind of now. But it, well, you are. Is, you're just not being hung. It's coin. Yeah. Different. It's just you're a black male who needs to survive, and you're who knows what's happening. You know, I can't tell you the the, the gist behind what why black males go to jail and why it's such, such disproportionately like why it's such a big number. Like, it, when I go back to this, a genocide, like, it literally is. Like, they're killing us at disproportionate rates. They're changing our DNA. They're literally giving us information that don't relate to us. It doesn't relate to us at all. It doesn't speak to our values or anything. Mm. And it's like, I really do see that, like, it's... Malcolm X had it all along. And, unfortunately, MLK was right at the end. And that's probably why they killed him. It was because, at the end of the day, he knows that what he was preaching was, was a false was false rhetoric. He shouldn't have said all those things. He knows for a fact that if we were to join with other people, all they're going to do is change their laws. He, and that's what they did. Change their laws. Manipulate the laws, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all they do. You know what I mean? You can't change, I mean, you could change currency, but you got to give us the currency. You got to give us the money. That's, I mean, you got to put yeah. the money back where it was taken from. Yeah. Like, I don't mind, you know what I mean? I, I really don't mind what MLK was preaching. I just feel like it he died and there was a reason for his death you know what i mean i think he was so it's really like to... it seems so like because at the end of the day the the wealth in this country is breaking down breaks down is 94 percent is to white people two percent honestly around two percent is collected by black people and a lot of that measured is by black immigrants that wealth that you see in the two percent is from black immigrants. So when it yeah, comes that, down to has this country at any point in time taken some type of atonement for its sins? Absolutely not. Hell no. Because the same old stuff. It's the same old stuff. Right. I, I think I think the problem nowadays is instead of admitting it, you know, the United States of they kind of just double down and go harder. You know, like nowadays I think that's the culture like you don't want to admit you're wrong. You're just going to double down on being wrong and then weather the storm. Like, I know I'm just going to shift that conversation to, like, police, right? Instead of admitting you're wrong, instead of apologizing, I think the police officers that apologized or that met with the protesters had to resign. But in other cases, hmm. when you see police officers acting up, like, uh, especially in San Jose, Jared Wen, yeah. um, an officer you know, who was who got him. famous virally, Mike, I don't know if you saw the video, he was that little dude uh, that was kind of like excited. He was like licking his lips and something like that, kind of doing a little dance before shooting the protesters. People like him, they'll get in trouble for, you know, shooting rubber bullets at the crowd. And instead of Eddie Garcia to like, you know, or he also knelt on the protesters' neck as well. Instead of him to be, you know, rightfully punished, terminated, he'll just be, you know, suspended and come back later. Like, a lot paid of administrative leave. Paid yeah. administrative makes- leave. That's what it is. A lot of them, police officers, they're not admitting to doing wrong or not apologizing. Instead of just doubling down and saying, you know what? Yeah. No, no, no. You guys are very wrong. And I'm not going to like admit that I'm wrong because I don't want to lose what power I have. And I think that's been the culture of this country like all along. The people that just fuck up all the time. All and our of power. 
everybody. They don't apologize. Like the people that caused the financial crash in 2008. What apology you hear from them? All those, Honestly. You don't hear no apology from people that fuck up. They just double down. Like Trump is not going to say like, hey, man, I'm sorry that, you know, I could have warned you about this virus earlier. I could have done more. I could have tested more. I could have been more efficient with you. No, he would just double down and be like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going (laughs) to reopen up. Law and order. You know, he's just going to like. Not gonna. He's not, they're not gonna admit they're wrong. They're not gonna admit their the the structure is messed up. They're not gonna admit anything. They're just gonna double down. That's that's yeah. the whole culture. Like, don't lie. Don't, don't if you get exposed, just lie some more. That's all you gotta do. Mm. Man, um, popular talking about makes two fifty k on a sixty year on service. What person makes two fifty k? I had no. I had no clue. Cops got paid that much. Like what? I, 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 I had no clue. I thought t- I thought cops had were like fifty thousand dollar a year people. Like I don't know where that conception came from, but like that's Man. that's what I thought they made. Like And that's why I thought they're so that's why they're so bitter. That's so mean and bitter because they're not getting paid as much. Like damn, I was like, damn, that is that why they're so like, just like <laughs> Like, bro, it's crazy, man. And it's not even like they they're trained for all these situations. Like they they there's yeah. no way you can be. Because they, they were actually, they were shown for what they truly were last or last two Fridays or two Fridays ago when they went off and started shooting bullets for no reason on mm. peaceful protesters. Like, you, they were shown for how novice of a, you know, force that they were. For, for that reason, they they bring in, like, different forces because Trump couldn't handle it. Like, yeah. the, the yeah. people were shooting at people, bro. Like, what? Like, oh, my God. I've never wild. seen it. Mike, I, I know you had a run-in with... Oh, sorry. Huh? I was going to say... Oh, go ahead. Mike, I, no, I was going to talk about uh, experiences with... That was going to be my next um, mm-hmm. topic to like, expound upon. Because for me personally, you know, I've been fortunate to not have that many runners to the police except for like minor traffic infractions. Um, but I, I've heard about people getting pulled over. But I've heard about, you know, I black men have told me like, oh, like yo... You know, I been pull over all this time. I remember going to this rally in San Jose. I think it was during the summer, uh, 20, 2014, uh, and protest and and there was like a little mini protest for a produce produce brutality. And it's some um some a dude was speaking, and he was saying how he is a black man that has grown up in the valley, and a lot of times he's gone pulled over for so many situations that he did he wasn't even guilty for. He was just pulled over just to be just for being pulled over. And I know Mike coming from, you know, he came from a suburban bubble in Southern California. He's had a couple run-ins with the cops, the cops at Santa Clara. And mm. for no reason, like got called on or just got wrongfully uh, discriminated against. And I just want him to have you speak on that situation. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, Manny was actually there with me um, during this situation. Um, and it must've been summer of 2015. 20- 15 Manny maybe um, that day yeah, yeah that when, we were, when we were when we were playing uh, so we were playing beer die at the in front of Solomon's house and so it was just like it was just all pretty much all black people plus a couple of Solomon's roommates um and so we were playing beer die and there was this like little girl soccer camp going on at, at SCU and like they were staying at Swig um and I guess like one of the camp counter um one of the little girls apparently said that they saw i think that they blamed it on gary <laughs> they said that like they saw gary like flashing a gun at them 
So uh, <laughs> one of the camp counselors comes over and is like, um, do any of you guys have a gun? Like one of the counselor, one of the kids said they thought you had a gun. <laughs> and, and I was like, and we were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, obviously we go to this school, we're playing a fucking game that literally every frat guy that you've ever fucking had sex with is, <laughs> is playing. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, um, so like, and we were just like, no, we don't have a fucking gun. She's just like, uh, well, um, okay. And then she goes back to the, um, goes back to Swig. Next thing you know, um, a campus safety officer is fucking riding his little Segway in front of Swig, just <laughs> eyeing us. Yeah, and, a little mock, little fat mock cops. That's what it looked like. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> god <nice. laughs> and he's just kind of like eyeballing us. And we're just like, oh my god, okay. Next thing we know, like fucking three cop cars pull up. And, like, they get out the car, they start questioning us, and, like, you know, they have the nerve to say, you know, little girls are very impressionable about what they see on TV. And I swear, this is, like, right after, like, one of the, um, like, there was, I forgot who who died, but, like, an unarmed black man was killed by the police. And, like, at the time, I wanted to say, you know, I'm the one that should be afraid if we're going by what we see on the news. But, um, Mm. and I was just like... And we were just and like whatever, and they're like seven cops pulled up, not just like one, two, three, or four. It was like hell of cop cars. Yeah, like, yeah. and they were all they were there at every angle. Like they were ready to like they thought they came in at every angle from the right, the left. Like they thought we had some weapons on us or something, as if we were hardcore criminals, y'all. And it's like we we're out of college. Like obviously, like the girl obviously knew we went to the school. Like we're playing a game that's known to be playing at Santa Clara. We're in front of one of the houses that's a known Santa Clara house. Like yeah. what? Like what yeah. in your mind gives you the the idea that you need to call the police? And so like, and the cops come and they're just like, you know, yeah, they're very impressionable and they ask us to go inside. And like, I think eventually like we complied and we just said fuck it and went inside. But like. I was thinking back about it, and, like, I just think it would have been so much more constructive if those cops instead had went to go talk to those little girls and said, like, you know, there's nothing to fear, like, they're just college students, like, you know, gave them up, like, gave them an idea in their head that, like, you don't need to be afraid of black people, but all they really saw, all they really saw were the cops making, like, the black guys go away. And, like, so now, like, they have, like, that impression, like, that's, mm. I don't know if that's, like a, that's probably going to be a subconscious memory for them, is, like, their idea is that we probably had weapons. And in their head, they think we had guns. And, like, mm. it, it was just so inconstructive for them to, for the cop to tell us to go inside and just fucking act like nothing happened. Like, I just wish, like, I had been more, like, looking back, like, you always think about the things that you should have done, but, like, you know. Hey, but that's so. Honestly, sometimes you need to go through those experiences for in the future. You know, what I mean? he was dealing with a young Karen, bro. That's what that was. You dealing with a young Karen. And I wanted to hi- highlight that because um, I, I was I was making that suggestion. Like a lot of times, parents can influence their kids to have those ideas in their heads. Mm. Like while that kid have that idea in his head, in her, her head, about you know a group of people playing beer die, being being thinking it was a weapon. Like what? Put who put that in her head? Who put that idea? Because a kid, you know, soaks up things like a sponge. So there could have been some influence. You know what I'm saying? Like kids are influenced at an early age, and I, I think about about by age three, kids already have an idea what race is. Kids already have an idea about positions positions in society. So. And I bet you they didn't even see a gun. They probably just saw black people. 
Yeah. Oh, that's fact. <laughs> I just that's crazy. and like I've seen a, it just the the worst part about it for me is like they already questioned us like we said we didn't have anything. I don't know why like it had to keep getting escalated until like it just ended up up and ended up with us going inside. Like yeah. it just and, and me and my roommate worked for the school. You know what I mean? That's the funny part. It's like we were orientation leaders. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, like we're there. We're the ones. I'm also like the ones telling those kid, those girls like, yo, this is you guys got to be on your side because we're gonna have a question on this side. Like, well, I'm the ones coordinating this shit too. That's the funny part. Like, I don't work <laughs> with the with the, the group that I don't know the students that work with the that that group that hold the soccer camp. But we obviously our our programs discuss with them about scheduling and everything. So they so knew it's you. Like, your per- it's like your, you know, your, I think there's a soccer camp. It's like the soccer girls, the soccer program, whatever, basically called the cops on, you know, a t- couple of black students and some orientation that work alongside with you. It's like, what the fuck are you, like, it doesn't, and in fact, that we're all, we're all stu- it doesn't make sense at all. Like, it, the fact that, that we still have this education, we're enabling it, bro. And I want to say one though about police. I've actually been pulled over one time. And uh, not one time, countless times. I've never been pulled over in San Jose ever, like I said. Mm. But when I got to San Jose, I finally found out what it was like to be black. And That's crazy. Fucking, one time, there's one time, like, specifically that, like, really, like, I'm going to tell you one thing. I think black men in general don't have the specific or the proper resources or testing to, like, diagnose like a specific thing that we have in general. Like I think all of us struggle. I think I never ever understood this, but I struggle with paranoia. Like mm-hmm. in on in a sense. Like I've never in my life ever understood what that meant until I had left Santa Clara. Until I had like removed myself from that situation. Cause I was getting pulled over like every motherfucking month almost. Like every every wow. over. And there was one time where um I was at a police party. I was at a party and these these black kids that didn't go to our school had fucking started a like a fight and some dude got badly injured and as i'm walking away with a couple of friends and my cousin and out of nowhere police are rushing towards me and they're like they basically are just they 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 shoved me to the car and they're like don't resist don't resist like five of them and basically hit my head on the window and my whole fucking I could see uh, right here. Damn. Yeah. Whoa. Can y'all see this? Yeah. 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 I see. It. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So literally, my whole face like busted open, bro. And nope, they didn't have medical attention. First thing I noticed was I, I didn't even like I almost lost consciousness at that moment because I was going in and out. And I'm inside, yeah. I, I like completely, I have my, my hands like tied, like de- I'm like, de- basically I'm detained. Right. And I'm just confused, bro. I'm hella confused. Like, I'm just damn near like, I'm shook. You feel me? Like, I've never in my life had like a bad experience with police. Like, I've been pulled over and I always complied. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. sadly what we should do. But like, I've never been, I've never been on the receiving end of a, of a poor police, uh, like dy- like communication, like you know, like dynamic. I've never been on that receiving end, and it when was, I was receiving end, when they thought I was a suspect, they it was like they didn't even care about you, bro. Like, yeah. why? Wow. For day, 
they didn't even like they 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 let the other dude come up and point me out and they were they wanted to confirm whether or not i was the guy and he, he confirmed it <laughs> you know and i'm like no you motherfucker you got the wrong motherfucker you know it's not <laughs> Uh, you know, I, at the time, I'm freaking the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, like, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. I'm like, I'm like, please, please, you got the wrong guy. It's not me. I swear to God, please. You know, I'm like begging, like a fucking, like a fucking sheep. Like I'm like a, yeah. a you know, lost sheep. And uh, like to my, like to my benefit, and you know, honestly, it was a blessing from God, straight up. Like if, I know God was watching at that moment, because yeah, literally half yeah. the BSU stayed. And they definitely vouched for me. Like, they were telling him, like, you guys got the wrong person. Everybody else was taking videos, you know, hosting. Of course, that's like, crazy. I, I, I never heard that accepted. story. I don't think you were here at the time, Dozy. But everyone left. Everyone left the party. And, like, 12 cops pull up. Like, the whole street was blocked off. Jeez, there wow. People. And fucking everyone leaves except for the black people. And I've always felt like some force. I've always felt like just I I've, I've always thank them for that, bro. Because if I've never if that never happened, bro, I could have probably went to jail. Yeah. And I would have yeah. been eliminated. Who knows, bro? Yeah. What happened. But the fact Might've that they taken everybody, kicked you out of the school. Yeah, and going All back to like about how like white people they just complacent. Not white people. White people at our school. The typical ones are just complacent, and they whatever they see, they're just gonna like believe. Hmm. Uh, like, oh, those are black people, so my perception is this. I'm gonna believe it instead of you know what the you know instead of believing what, what reality what reality looks like. So all those other white students were walking by taking videos. Word on the street the next day was I had assaulted some kid, and I was like this dude who like you know went to jail because they didn't stay obviously. And but wow. that's not that's the opposite of what happened, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, so they and, they just um, take your character like that. Yeah, bro. So my friend stayed back. I had a fucking bloody eye, bro. My whole eye was fucking bad. And then like I when they an hour and a half later passes and the cops were like, uh, yeah, you're free to go. Here's a victim uh, report. If you need to call us or talking about like you were a victim. I'm like. What? Okay, and I'm like, they didn't even ask me if I needed medical attention. They just asked mm. me to leave. I was, I was thankful though. I was in a state of relief. So I was yeah. like, thank you, officer. I'm like, I was trying to shake each one of their hands like an idiot, like a fucking idiot. And yeah. each and each and every one of them didn't want to shake my hand. Not even the that's black wild. one. Wow. And that's, and, that's and like to find out the motherfucker that had put detained me was was the the motherfucker that had been caught. Uh, selling illegal parts of car parts, Santa Clara. Like he sold car parts illegally that he, I guess he, he got through like he got through from the police force or whatever. He would see, he would sell them like illegally, wow. and he got caught fraud, and he got he, he got fired from the department. As the same ass cop, I remember I was like, damn, that nigga detained me. So there <laughs> are there are bad co- like there are fucking crooked cops out there that people. Oh yeah, for sure. I I just recently. Yeah. Oh, keep going. No, to to end it on this, the fact of the matter is, like, I had to go back to school that whole year thinking that everyone had this perception of me, and like mm. that brought me this weird sense of paranoia, bro. And from then I just, I, and then then after that I was like, fuck, dude, I need to get out of here. So I went to D.C. and I studied there for some time. And I like going back to what you said, Eddie, about like just being around black professionals and you know being at, at, on your campus, like that's 
the first time I was ever around black attorneys, like businessmen, mm. like I was a from God because I know I could have my 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 whole like perception could have been plagued if I stayed at Santa Clara. Right. I all like right. It's fuck that. Right. Like hate this place. But like you know, and they the school themselves didn't even take the chance to even ask me if that incident ever happened. They just wanted to interview me for the newspaper. I'm like, that's how you know that. That's why I go back to what Santa Clara does about this whole diversity shit. I'm like, you guys are just fucking pawns, bro. You don't care. You guys don't do shit. You guys are pawns in a chess piece game that are, you know, I don't know what where what 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 moves you're doing next, but we all we all know it's not for us. Like you're not playing these games for us. It's a fact. These games are for y'all. Oh, yeah. You know, and if if it really were for us, that moment when I was going through the most, I would say like I'm gladly say it now because i can i had like now been able to reflect and think about it like i did go through like a, a, a period of depression and like mm. i seen a therapist like i went and seen like I, I was like yo like what's going on like i don't feel good like mm. i just feel like everyone me differently like they look at me like i'm a certain way like i'm different from everyone ever since that incident happened and even herself didn't she couldn't even tell me what was wrong so it's like I'm, she's a white lady obviously you know what I mean? Right. So, when I left, when I got back to like knowing that, you know, and I like weight lifted off of me, like this yeah. that paranoia I was telling you about. Like I would go to the store, bro. I would look to my side every single minute because I would feel like there was someone, there's something just like over my shoulder. Cause you got blitz staring at me, bro. It felt like that. It felt like I was getting like targeted everywhere I was going. Yeah. Like I just felt Dang. so un. You know, I mean, to a point that I normalized it and I just I was all right. And then when I got out of Santa Clara, that's when I knew when I was at home again and I was just hanging out with just people and but didn't resemble those that look like Santa Clarence. That's mm. why I call them because they're their own little people. You know, what I mean, mm. but like that's when I knew that that shit is real. Like paranoia is real. Like mental health is um, black man real. Yeah. That diagnosis black men's. Black men go through, a, and black women. No, but I'm talking from the perspective right. of black male. So I can't talk right. like female. Right. Male, like, yeah, like we go through something. I tell you that I literally went through paranoia, depression, and all that shit. Then went to DC and felt happiness and love and joy, and realized and that it changed you. There's such things like there's mental. Yeah, it literally did change me. And I feel bad for people that are stuck in the in the system, like. Those that are probably just, you know, incriminated and all of a sudden your your mental health changes, bro. Like you're just right. like, I don't I have value in society. You know what I mean? It's like, so I'm, sad I'm, because um because when when with what's going on in Atlanta right now, for instance, me going to Morehouse mm -hmm. saved me so many times when dealing with the Atlanta Police Department, bro. Because you mm -hmm. have to understand like when you go to that school, they hold you to a significant standard compared to the rest of the black people that you see in the city of Atlanta. Because a lot of, and it's unfortunate it's going to come across like this, you see the full spectrum economically of black people as well. Like when I'm telling you, I thought what I would consider poverty only fit mm. for Africa and a block oh, away and like these hoods that they talk about like we kind of glorify for the violence unfortunate it's unfortunate that the violence is bred because oh, the conditions are just so terrible 
I can remember vividly walking. I had to walk to school one day, and I don't know if you've ever seen this movie called Snow on the Bluff. It's so funny. It's like a. It's like a. a it's like kind of like a a first person. It's on the internet. Yeah, it's like a first person that kind of like how to go. You might have. It's like it was on Netflix a while ago, and um, it was like a big thing, but people didn't like pay attention to how those people were actually sleeping. I'm talking about like homes made of wood, no insulation, no windows, just sleeping on the floor, having tarps over the windows. Um, it's crazy. You're talking about today? today. I'm talking about yeah. If you go to some of these places today. In Atlanta, I think a study came out not to go wow. to on a tan. Like a study came out about there being third world living conditions in uh, in I, a city in Alabama. It's it's crazy. In Atlanta, man. I've seen. I didn't know the how. I've seen brick houses. You know, what I mean, it's different than California. Yeah, houses are brick, but it no, almost it looks like the music night and day. <laughs> you know, like they the, the music like, video, bro. It's like three minutes. It's three minutes out of like the, <laughs> the 24-hour lifespan of like, because I mean, man, I'm talking about the realest poverty you can see on American streets. You'll see in a, in a place like Atlanta. And um, when it gets back to my policing point, I, I had gotten into altercations with Morehouse police just because they felt the need to establish that. You may be this rich kid. They didn't know me because we grew up with a lot of. There was a lot of rich kids at Morehouse who kind of, you know, dismissed them. Like you may be this rich kid, but we're the police, so we're gonna show you how strong we are. So it's like walking to the dorm. Still, here's your ID. You don't have your ID. Stop for Damn. a second. I'm like, man, man, I'm just, I'm right there. He's like, stop for a second. Then he does the, you know, I'm gonna grab you. I'm going to put you on the water car. I'm going to pat you down and all this stuff. And my friend is running out. He's like, hey, yo, bro, he's he's coming right into our room. What are you doing? You know? And so I don't know. I think it's just the 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 power they wield. It corrupts them. Because like you talked about in your instance where you noticed that the black officer didn't address you in that point in that time period. You definitely saw that happen in Atlanta, even before the unfortunate circumstances that happened a couple, like maybe was it yesterday? Like, yeah, it's definitely two different worlds when it comes to police, and it's crazy because, yeah, once I left here, the the slight the slight uh racial profile I got from the police went to zero. Then I came back here, and it was like, oh, yeah, did you notice your, your windshield was cracked? It's like, bro, it's my windshield. Of course I noticed it's cracked. Is that why you stopped me? He was like, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, you knew you were driving around with a hazard. It's like, it's my I'm looking out to drive, bro. What are you talking about? You, you're like, you don't think I noticed? He's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. And it wasn't like I was argumentative. I was just asking the question, like, oh, you, I mean, it's right in front of me. I see it. Like, you don't think I see that? And he just got into a back and forth, back and forth. And he's like, well, yeah, I'm going to let you off with a warning. And I'm like, what are you going to write me up for in my head? And then he just like, <laughs> I have to be so cautious because, again, I'm dealing with them and they have all the, the leverage. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. 
it's it's literally a I don't wanna say I don't wanna be too vulgar but it's literally a cult. Like they get paid to kill niggas. Literally. <laughs> like what's like going it. on? They get paid to sacrifice niggas. Literally. Seems like it. That's what I'm saying, bro. And then they, no, no, they do I, it. I, it's insane. I was definitely thinking the same thing, Manny, just like with even with just like Trump supporters and uh, it, it's mm. a cult, man. Like they're cult-ish. just so fucking brainwashed and eat up every little bullshit thing he says. And it's just like like he's not even saying yeah. anything like he's just stuttering no, his words and he says something, yeah, an empty statement. And they're just eating it up. Yeah, <laughs> and like, what's it called? Hide. What do you say? Eat. Uh, you could take what's it called for your covid Oh, hide your chloroquine or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and then they try to justify uh, he was some shit. They were trying to say no, he, what he really meant. What? Like, what? Like yeah. what? Who in the world, right mind is just gonna go against scientific data like that? It's disgusting. It, even a common sense, you know. What I mean, it doesn't make sense how. You, uh, I don't know, bro. But I, I mean, I, I do really think. Oh, go, go ahead, Manny. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nah, just short, like, I think you're right, uh, Eddie. Cops have, a, like, it's almost like a fraternal back, fraternal, like, group relationship that they've got. And if you, you know, like, how brothers are, like, if you break the code, you know, bros, you know, saying bros before, you know, it's almost like that for them. Yeah. And it's to a point where, like, you wonder if it's, if it's their, poli- if their policing efforts are based on, like, what they're actually taught, or is it based off of the judgments and, stereotypes that they have of others because hmm. like i'm pretty sure from what i've from what i've learned about like there's people that go to these police force academies and teach them about diversity and you know about you know different communities and stuff like that mm-hmm. but then when when do you make the you know the willful choice to you know you know start thinking of people that way like it's it's literally a conscious choice that one makes that you know okay maybe because We've seen we've seen what happens when white people and black people get incriminated for the same crimes. We've seen right. we've seen what happens. Right. And like I got pulled over once for having a crack in my window, right? And and the cop said he thought I had it was a small crack in my window in the back in the back rear, right? And my sister was in the car with me. Pulls me over. I'm like, oh, I thought you I thought you pulled me over because I'm like he's like you know what I'm pulling you over. I'm like no, what's up? He's like, well, you got a crack in your window, or or I said, is it because I have a crack in my window? Or my rear side um, light window, the the lights still work, you know, the the light right in the stop sign, or where you click where you stop and the back light. I forget, I don't know what it's called. Anyways, yeah, so he tells light. me that the back, the rear light. Yeah, he tells yeah, me that it's light. no fine. I just assumed that the girl with you was a prostitute. Can I see her ID? And I'm like, oh, she claimed you. That's my sister, bro. He's like. He was like, wait, that's your sister? Well, I need to verify your, your guys' home address if you guys live I'm like, dude, that's weird, bro. And I gave it to him, and I'm like, so my my the, my rear light is okay? Like, yeah, the, if the light isn't broken, but the the mirror or the there's like a small crack, you're fine. As long as it works, I'm like, dope. Next week, tell me why I get pulled over for the same ass reason. And the cop goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> He's like, that's false. He's like, and I didn't even tell him. He's like, you're getting pulled over because of the, the light and all that stuff and all this shit. And I'm like, wow. It's like at this point it's a power it's like a power grab. It's like I'm going to be I'm going to show you like you know I run this bitch, you know what I mean? I enforce yeah. the laws like I want to. Yeah, you know I mean it's like co- coming stupid. off of that Manny, like uh that's that's another thing that my my dad always gets pulled over for. So in his in his truck he has tinted windows. So 
anytime he goes to LA or like, or any, and he doesn't have a front license plate. So like he does, cause it doesn't look good on his truck. So like anytime he goes to LA, like he has to put on his front license plate. So like he won't get pulled over. That's and then, weak, like, bro. Yeah. And then, and he also has like a, um, he, oh, he was telling me a story. He was like, cause he also has like a, like a TV in his car, like a, like he has, he has like a, like a, like a, it's like a monitor looking thing in his truck. And like, mm-hmm. so like the officer pulled him over for the tinted windows. And like, after like he wrote him up, he was like, and if I knew you had that TV in your car, I would have wrote you up for that too. Fuck and then you. just like, <laughs> just like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, Man, bro, just, oh like, my gosh. and it's just like his windows aren't even that tinted like you can see you can see him if he's in the truck like it's just it's just ridiculous man like they'll find any reason they can even if it's a bullshit reason to try to pull you over because obviously they're not that tinted because they saw it was a black man in the car right like I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell are you gonna see through this window? <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, they can. That, that's interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah. I was gonna say something. I lost my train of thought. What, what do you guys think are some salute like? Cause I, I was. Uh, my friend told me to uh, phone into like the San Jose City Council meeting on like uh, like two days ago. Mhm. So I called in. And then everyone, ha- everyone just, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a, a Zoom call, so people will call in and say, express their concerns. And I heard so much shit about the San Jose police shooting rubber bullets in people's faces. Like the rubber bullets are meant to stop protesters or deter, sorry, riot activity, right? Yeah. But they're not meant to stop the protests from protesting. The protesters have, protesters have a right to protest because of the First Amendment. But the rubber bullets are meant to be shot on the ground to make people, mm-hmm. okay, move back. Or at I'm least saying, the, mm. um, the leg at most. But they're they aiming for the they really are. Aiming for the ball. Like they, they ruptured their own bias trainer's testicle. So, like, right. they were shooting at the crowd. And so the San Jose police, they have a bias trainer to train them on not being, yeah. you know, train them on not being biased and, you know, changing your viewpoints about certain people. So the bias trainer goes up to the crowd of cops and says, stop, you can't do this. He he raises his hand as a sign of surrender and says, "Stop, guys! What you're doing is wrong. Please stop." They just shoot the guy in the testicles. He ruptured his testicles. He's not. They're 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 not sure he's able to have kids. So he just had emergency surgery like a couple days ago, and they, he he doesn't know whether he's gonna have kids. But like I've they, and then so yeah, a lot of the people are... calling in were like, "Yo." It's a criminal act to be shooting people with rubber bullets. One lady, one I think one reporter lost her eye from being shot in the face with a rubber bullet. So a rubber bullet is still, it's still going to do some damage because the gun has so much power, so much right. power to protect that bullet. So it's like, they're not learning their lesson. They're not seeing what's going on. They're just seeing, you know, they're just in, like I said, they're just doubling down. Like, they're, they won't admit they're wrong. They won't admit that Jared was a little psycho, little psycho guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're just saying they're just doubling down on what the fuck they're doing. They're like, oh, yeah. you want to riot? Uh, there's only like a small people, just uh, such a small number of people rioting, and most people are peacefully protesting. Right. So I mean, during that like, know, city council meeting, everyone was just like, yo, you need to stop. Everyone that was, pro- a lot of people that were protesting literally said, I saw you shoot us with rubber bullets and we weren't doing shit. Mm. Yeah, bro, I got the footage. I'm oh. about to send it to you now. <laughs> 
I literally That's got wild. footage. I was there when they. I literally saw. I don't know how I got everything, but I, I seen a girl get run over by a car, bro. Uh, like yeah, people, that um, too. I think I saw that video. You were there for that? Damn. Yeah, I took that video. You seen it? Lot. Oh, you probably saw my camera. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that shit got over millions of views on Facebook. And then people have been justifying it, like, oh, all live splatter. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, like, everyone's going on. I'm like, yo, MLK marched on the streets, so and you guys was okay with that. Why can't we? Because so- people have this false sense of of understanding, like, we've been saying history. Like, they didn't me. love MLK. Only a certain group of people really loved MLK like that, bro. And so, like, their first inhibition was, like, and, I, and it's funny because my mom had put uh, BLM on, like, her car and stuff like that. And she was telling me a story about how she was driving and then right in front of her, some idiot had an All Lives Matter sticker. And it's, like, you feel so strongly about it, but it's, like, what are you, what exactly are you fighting for? You know, at least when we say Black Lives Matter, we understand exactly what we're fighting for. When you say All Lives Matter, what is it that you're fighting for? Or are you just saying it just to be a, just to be an asshole? Because you can't like you can't tell me a policy. Because if it really did, then maybe you're like, okay, I want universal health care. That seems like an All Lives Matter point to me, wouldn't it be? But nope, they don't want universal health care. Though <laughs> that's not something they're for. And they're okay with they're okay with locking kids in cages man it's it's just fucking it's just a way to it's just another form of oppression that's all i I think think honestly i think a good solution would be either a you know i I heard a lot of people phoning into city council meetings defund the police that's one of them and i think another solution is just to have more accountability and one of those solutions is i read on the online licensing your police officers like, they're not licensed. Like, if, if you mess about to teach, you smack a kid in the face, you lose your teaching license. If you lie mm. under perjury as a lawyer, all those $200,000 yeah. on law school, you, lose your, you lose your license. But police are not licensed. So there's no there's no list of accountabilities or protections for people in, in that licensing agreement. So if you fuck up and kill somebody or you sexually assault somebody as a police officer... Like you don't lose anything. You get put on administrative leave because there's no there's no sense of accountability. So it's all about changing those laws. So there's some insurance on the public's part because we're paying these police officers. This, yeah. this is our tax dollars. Like yeah. we're the reason they're getting paid 200k, guys. Right. We are. It's not these corporations in the Bay Area. It's right. everyone's. It's out of everyone's pocket. So they're shooting. You're paying for their weapons. You're paying for their military weapons. You're paying for their SWAT gear. You're paying for the tear gas. You're paying for the rubber bullets. But at the same time, it's like this has like really opened my eyes. I'm like, why would I vote all these fuckers in into my city council or the mayor? The police are doing this shit. Yeah, it's it's literally it's so funny because in watching the mayor's response to this entire situation, um, it's been somewhat what I've the problem I've been having with a lot of leadership is they do a lot of it for cosmetic reasons. The the mayor on his Instagram posts up, you know, everybody did that black box, posts up yeah. all the names of people killed by police brutality, right? But he didn't mention any of the names of the people killed in San Jose. Mm. 
Like, if you're not talking about the people in San Jose who are actually, like, being murdered by your people, and I don't think, and not a single one of them has ever been prosecuted or gone to court for that very reason. Like, what are we talking about? What are you taking a knee for? What is this, um, this eight can't wait campaign? It's, it's all just for, for the beauty pageant, you know? Like, oh, I can, I can show them I'm really woke, or however you want to put it. And it's like, a lot of black people are past the, oh, I'm woke stage. It's like, what are you actually doing? Yeah. When it comes to what can they do, um, they have an independent police auditor, but they pretty much have stripped that of a lot of its legitimacy. So a lot of funding needs to go into that, and it needs to be a total like upheaval of anybody who's been a part of that administration. Um, they need to go. It has to be totally objective. That's what I say. And then I'd also talk about, again, having police officers... For some is a necessity. I I personally think that, you know, at this point, they're more harm than good. So I'm on the, the abolish campaign. Now I'm there, but I haven't necessarily structured in detail my, my arguments. So I don't want to go too in-depth into it. But at this point, like, yeah, we're bleeding money. And especially when our schools are looking the way that they are. With the amount of technology some of these kids have access to in our schools and the fact that, like you said, we spent excess amount of money on just arresting people, locking them up, not really offering some type of rehabilitation. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it the, they haven't. It hasn't worked. It, whatever they've was, been thinking they've been doing, it has not worked at all. So I think was their intent. Huh? Don't you think that was their intent, though? I, I, I would say I would say so. I would say in the formation of it, yes. In the formation of these these practices, their intent was to do though do that, right? But right. I think through just the socialization in our in our society growing morally and intellectually, a lot of people have grown to see that this is some bullshit. That's my belief. I think that's right. that's what it is. That's, and think. so I think we're at a moment where we can take advantage of the situation and really do something drastic, but it can't just be, oh, some people are kind of tippy-toed into it, like, yeah, I support you guys, but are you sure we can deal without the police? I mean, because, man, who's going to, what's going to happen when somebody robs you? Like, nobody's robbing yeah before nobody i've never had to call had to call the police for anybody like even who has robbed you that's what i want to ask them like who has robbed you to make you think that you have to have the police on speed it's a paradox because the way they make it seem is as if like the police are the ones being violated and attacked like oh we need to protect the police for what i'm got a foolproof vest (laughs) you know me are we protecting the police we protecting the people yeah yeah right here right you know what i mean it, it doesn't make any sense where our values lie in general as a society i think yeah. one, one one solution i just read here sorry mike hold that thought um i found out through someone's story that san francisco police officers they're going to be replaced with trained unarmed get it here guys unarmed professionals to respond to call 
can help on non-criminal matters involving mental health, the homeless, school discipline, and neighbor disputes. I think we should do that all across the nation. Things that do not really need armed, you know, armed tactics, we should erase that so we don't have... Yeah. You know, right. Right. Yeah, I saw that post. And there's obviously tactics of not... Like, there's, there's... We've seen videos of cops getting attacked by white people. And clearly... Yeah, they just take it. <laughs> like, murder involved. <laughs> like, I've seen a cop get his ass whooped by, right. by a white guy and right. nothing right. happened. He's white, though. We'll get into Charles before we, we in jail him. <laughs> I, I've seen a white dude... Uh, he, he he tried fighting a cop, ran away, came back and kicked the cop in the head. I think it was a video on Twitter. Like he ran away, the cop was like trying to chase after him, and then the guy acted like he forgot something and ran back and kicked the cop in the head. I was like, <laughs> if he was black, he wouldn't even have the chance to run away. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> I've seen a, I've seen a video of a cop who's trying to arrest a dog, and they said he gone too far. They they fired him on the spot. I was like, wait. <laughs> He went to jail. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> a dog? Oh, yeah. My God. He was on top of a dog, bro. He was like, he had his, his, his own knee on him and everything. And the, the video was like, he's gone way too far. We got to arrest him. Bro, I, you know what I did? I, I need, we need to have a cop here on the show so we can discuss our matter. Bro. Just, he's not in our safety. He's not in our vicinity, but like, like I'll, you know, he's like, just talk. I know. Do you have, have a cop a on the show or no? There? I know some really good cops there, and then I don't know, like, how would you get a cop on here to talk about their experiences, though? Like, oh. that's a, a really good. Yeah. That's really like, good all, all, I feel like if we got a cop, all they would do is just say, you know, I'm waiting for all the evidence to come out because I know a cop, <laughs> and, and basically, and that's exactly what he said. Like, oh, I'm yeah, waiting for. They're I'm waiting for the evidence. It. Yeah. It's like on like they're a black person against black people. Oh, well, let's get a black guy. Let's go get you know what's her name? What's that black girl's name? Uh, the, the Candace Owens. Let's go get Candace yeah. Owens to talk about black oh, people. Like, that's oh, not happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not going to turn on people. And before before we conclude, there's people... I, so, I, I haven't been on Instagram for a while, but I, I recently restarted a podcast, and I got my own... So, like, I, so I've been scrolling down and seeing, like... And it's just kind of new to me, seeing all these, like, black people who are right-wing. And I have no, I have no problem for black Republicans. I have absolutely no issues with people... Uh, sorry, black conservatives, black Republicans. I have no issue with them. You not, none the at conservative all. Party was started by black people, right? I had no yeah, idea. At some point, like the the rules reversed, kind of like the yeah, I, the, like the so Republican the party, party used to be like. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Go go, Mike. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was just saying, like, it, it, at some point, something switched where the Republicans used to be more liberal, and then the um, Democrats used to be more conservative. But um, I, I don't know exactly when the switch happened, but yeah, it was go ahead. Post-Civil War. Like, hey, right Eddie, you're muted. Just happened, so, you know. Conservatives, the, so black people wanted to have, they were, black people were gaining a lot of economic power, so they wanted political power as well. So they created the conservative party. And there's, I'll send you pictures. I'm sure Eddie knows this, bro. He should. I mean, you went to Morehouse. But they literally started the conservative party with like 60 members and like yeah, 10 yeah. white members. And the Liberal Party did not like that because they were gaining way too much power. So they yeah. created the KKK and killed off basically any person that would vote conservative. So that's when the KKK was established. Yeah, Liberal so Party pretty, pretty much the the Democrats <laughs> like 
it was like what 19 like maybe 1950 like literally i don't even it might have been earlier than that but this is the story i can't put the date on it the democrats traded the the presidency for the right of uh republicans in the south to pretty much institute jim crow on black people that's where the change happened the first time and then i think it was kennedy is when the change happened for black politics the second time when kennedy came into office and he became like kind of um i guess you could say an, an ally for black folks and martin luther king that's what became to the whole um black people being democrats and stuff like that and to your point like they're they're the black conservative uh group like i think student body at morehouse is super strong that's why like when you see when i see it when i know when i see a girl like candace owens or any of these other i'm not going to use the word but you know exactly which word i want to use any of them other <laughs> any of them other dudes i know it's i know it's for the check because I have I know real black conservatives mm-hmm. who come from that who come from that mindset of you know conservatives being limited government mm-hmm. and just more on the personal responsibility side of things. But when it comes to black conservatives, that's like what we're talking about. They want like segregation almost. They want the ability for the government to, to entirely leave us alone. Um, so yeah, it's it's a the the conserv black conservatives, bro. They're there, and they are now. There are some outlandish ones. Like I, I don't tell people this a lot. You know who Herman Cain is? Her, I heard about Herman Cain. His little five 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 policy, whatever. He he he's he's from Morehouse. He's a Morehouse man. Oh man. And he's he was like the first. He I think he ran for president in that same group who had the first time they're running against Trump. And like uh, he's a dork, but it's like yo, he went to Morehouse. So I don't, I don't bag on him too bad. You yeah. know, it's so like yeah, I get a bit of a pass. But yeah, bro, they can't. They that that Candace Owens stuff and people who think like her, especially black folks, and how they're kind of put up to the pedestal to reaffirm a lot yeah. of racist beliefs. Like yeah. it's it's sad. It's something else, bro. It's so bro, sad. I, I know for a fact. And not not for a fact, but I have the strong feeling that a lot of black people that say things oh, like man. that, things like Canazone are saying, are getting paid because white people are too afraid to say it. Yeah. So if you look it up, if you look it up, she came from a a comp, uh, like a media company called Turning Point USA. I heard about that. And pretty much what their entire focus on is disseminating information to like Trump's youngest base. Is mm. like. 20 to 35 year old base you know that's what they're out there for so it's her and another guy named charlie kurt and he kind of speaks to the white men and then she speaks to the black people and she's the one who came with that whole little blexit you know black people leave the democratic party thing and so yeah it's crazy it's crazy how they're trying to um indoctrinate kids because they're using kids as a as um there's another person i found online too like i just keep finding these people it's like they're using kids to you know because you can't really say shut up to a kid you can't tell a kid to, to right lie. but I, i've seen like there's this one small uh there's this one uh black kid that, who's a very big conservative 
Um, he has like a huge following online. I forgot his name. I'm gonna probably like post it to you guys. Mm-hmm. But he's huge on. He's like he has this like he has like more than fifty thousand people following him on Twitter, and it's like they're they're using black people to like voice their views. And the reason why I feel like they're using it because a lot of the people like Candace Owens, they're not really critical. They're not critical. Like you have to be critical of both your, what your party's doing. But she doubles down on whatever is going on. Like she'll talk shit about um, the protest, but she wouldn't say, "Okay, this is the reason behind the protest." I understand the right. reason. And for a right. black person, you have to understand where people are coming from in order to have that view. That's like I said, I don't have any problem with any conservative or any uh, black Republican, but you have to, as a black person, see what is going on. But mm-hmm. she doesn't see that side. She only sees yeah. like the white. Like she only sees like the the typical white perspective, which leads me right. to believe that she's getting paid to just be saying all this shit. Yeah. And I, I can't stand people that, like, have a, a voice or have a, a you know, something black. to say about black people, but don't even do anything for black people. Man. It's like, okay, I do critical, but what have you done? Yeah. Come on, man. Other than... Speak your, on it. Like, hateful information. I don't know if you've seen this post going around, but some guy put it best, man. How do you people say you don't see color, but always talk about black on black crime? Like that's that's mm. their overwhelming. That's the that's one of the best points I've seen out there. It's like you you really don't care about our humanity. You just you know we don't you don't we don't want to hear it. So we're gonna throw this out there so you guys can start talking about that. We don't want to hear it. Ah, I got the name. C.J. Pearson. Born in 2002. He's another uh, conservative. And he has, like, 2002? What the hell did you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's from Augusta, Georgia. Um, he just got in. He just graduated from high school this year, though. Mm. But yeah, he's he's real big. He's he's appeared. His publications have appeared on Time, The Huffington Post, MTV News, and The Daily Beast. So, oh my gosh, bro! Like he he you know like people would you know a lot of people are on on social media. There's also another guy named Jonathan Crone. So like and they're they're like younger than my sister. Like he's this guy is like what twenty? He's twenty five. Like, yeah. There these people are being used yeah. to like try to and then there's like you said Charlie Kirk. So. They're trying to get the millennials, the Generation Z people to yeah their views. It's crazy. Like they're weaponizing young kids. Because <laughs> the the older people like, and I think um I seen once a, a U.S. diplomat came to my school to try to recruit kids to work in the in and like like he was talking about in a in the federal department right, and um the one thing she was always stressing to us was. These people don't understand social media. So you have to. We need you. Like, please. Like, we have uh, internships here. Whoop-de-whoop. It's like, no, no, why do they want to go work for you people? But <laughs> now you see, like, what they were going for. They wanted young people to reach a demographic that they couldn't reach. and They couldn't keep up with. Yeah. It's crazy. Like this guy has about CJ Pearson has about 123,000 followers on Instagram. So <laughs> he just turned 18. Like this kid has a hundred more than 100,000 followers on Instagram. He has a he has, he has an active Twitter account. Yeah. It's crazy. 
this is like it's deeper than what it is. And I think the the real fear I have is not Trump. Trump is not the real fear I have. The real fear I have is after him because mm. a lot of the republic like if you notice a lot of the Democratic Party they'll criticize each other. It was like you're not doing this. You shouldn't do this. Uh, I mean Kamala Harris. I feel she kind of got bullied out the paint, but you yeah. know her own history caught up with her. But at the yeah. same time, it's like it's not like anyone stood up for her and said, "You know, squash that. We want Kamala Harris to win the race." But in right. terms of Trump, you know, now like, there's a big crisis. You've seen a lot of voices speak out against Trump. But a lot of times, a lot of Republicans are trying to kind of backing him because they want to get their their people in positions of power, and they're just all rallying behind him. As I, I won't say all, right, but a majority yeah. are just rallying behind him. It's yeah, the cult that Mike was talking about. It's the yeah. cult that Mike has is, is been breaching about. Like, right, when it's it's the only word you can use to to, to uh, detail these people. Because if you, this dude, I think he told Ted Cruz, your uh, your your dad had a hand in killing JFK, and then Ted Cruz is out here, you know, campaigning for the guy. I'm like, bro. If somebody said that my father killed JFK, I'm I'm dog walking you. Like, don't tell me, don't be disrespectful. And it's just like, bro, how how do they come and turn around and then just be like, yeah, we got it. We're Trump 2020. Like nothing. It, it's crazy, bro. Tell you, bro, the fact that people can just buy like uh, just forget the things that the, the, that our history, just forget our history in general. Good thing mm-hmm. that our forefathers have committed all. Horrors, atrocities that they've committed. The fact that we just look past it as if it were and continue to glorify is almost identical to what, like, I don't, like, I like, I really do think it's important. Like, if, uh, like, I hate to be the Christian dude and talk about Christianity, but honestly, I don't hate to be that guy at the same time. But if you really uh-huh. do read the Bible and you really do see what's going on today, bro, like, it's a little bit more, it's more than race. It's a spiritual warfare that we're going through. And uh-huh. it's, it's not just Trump. Bro, there's these these governments have been these governments have used Christian ideals to set up their own quote unquote I'ma say it first white Christ. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Antichrist. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's been and it's been shown with the changing traditions, changing ideologies, changing, you know, as as you guys said earlier, now the conservative ideology is completely different from what it once was. You know, it's like if you want to see a country that re- I'm not trying to sound like, or even a continent that really has countries that live by Christian ideals, then look at Africa where it was actually started. Then you'll see a mm. country that actually used Christianity as a, a moving force for good. You feel me? And and yeah. I really do think right now, if you look at the Bible, it, like if you look at the story of Jacob and Esau, it's a like it's a crazy story, and it talks about how one of his brothers, or how J- or how Esau, the brother of Jacob, would take all his stuff. You know, he was a warrior, and he would go out and you know he would love to hunt. You know, people. He was he was uh and and people don't like to say the Bible is is real, which is insane to me. It's it's the first living document known to man, right? So the fact that people like are calling it false is fat is it just it baffles me. But if you look at the fact that like this man Esau was a hunter that would go out and take things from people and call it his own, he would take his brother's stuff. Whenever his, his parents would give him food or whatever, he would take his brother's things, and he would he wouldn't even tell his brother. He would just claim it as his own, without even without even like you know, like as like as a willful like he was just like you know this guy this courageous dude that would take things from people and didn't care about it. And then you look at um today and you see how like 
it, it translates to how literally we've developed this new system yeah. how we could just take appropriate and make it our own without even yeah. like even giving any any sense of uh you know, like going back and, and, and even like quoting where it came from or like, you know, right. how are you about to, t to have a citations or a quotations page when in fact you stole like, let's say the format from Africans in the first, like you stole what I'm about to write about from Africans. You know, like mm -hmm. what I'm learning about is something that you took and put your, put your name on without even claiming, without even showing or bringing support from where you got it from, you know, and it's, it's just sure. sad because in t today's day and age, we're seeing traditions change. We're seeing our world. We're seeing the governments of Europe. Have you, you know, Britain has been in a hundred countries. They've had warfare with a hundred countries, bro. Wow. Yeah, it's on brand. Cause I mean, honestly, if you they look at even this, countries, hundred countries, because this country is going I'm all sorry. over the place. We're in a lot of no, yeah. no, you're, that's a great point you made. Like, we're in a lot of places. That's what we talk about with policing because it's it's like they wanted to bring the policing culture and magnify on a far greater scale right because when you look at america's um defense spending it's so high because of the upkeep that they need for all the bases they have in different parts of the globe and lands that aren't even theirs. and so again this is it's a consistent problem from the federal government that, that bleeds on down to our local government with regards to how we treat human beings as, as let's say the the forceful hand of the of the state. It's it's ridiculous, man. It's like they have by all indications scrapped all ideals like all morality is gone from these people. They're they forced that from them. You're supposed to see criminal and criminal only. You can't see the black man or black woman or black child. See criminal, and then we'll deal with the after effect. That's always yeah, how they've done it. That's true. That's true. That's that's definitely like I see and that. Like it goes, bro. I think you muted. No, I'm not. I, I meant like I've seen that a lot of times when. Uh, can you hear me? No, yeah. Eddie's yeah. Me. Yeah. Like I, when a, a lot of times, if you have you know a famous black a famous black man, a lot of times if they're accused of something, they make it like look he's guilty. If he's shot, they make it look like they'll they they used to have. I mean b before, you know Twitter blowback, they used to have like incriminating photos of him, right? So when mm. it, when I learned about Trayvon Martin, Martin, that's when I started. You know that's when my first I started thinking about race in a global sense, right? They used to show the video of him. I think they showed a video of him holding like a gun or something like. Uh, no, a, sh a photo of him. They showed like an incriminating photo of him like wearing grills or something like that. But they didn't show him just as a a regular teenage boy that he was. So it's like they'll presume you guilty based on your color and based on who you are before they even give you the benefit of the doubt. Like the other day, I was watching the, you know, the Jerry Epstein documentary, and. Mm. The way they described this man, they made it look like he was the smartest man in the world. They made it look huh. like he was a master manipulator instead of just being. A, I mean, they said he was a scumbag. They did. They did do it. But like the way they went about describing him, the way they went about viewing him, I don't think a black person would have gotten a black man would have gotten that same. No. They kind of humanized him at the same time, criticized him. But it was like a thoughtful criticism of him. They he did was a pimp. Him, he was a pimp, and. 
if you were to think of a pimp, right? If they were to shift that little mindset to what a black man was, they'll just think that he was just a ghetto thug or right. You know. Yep. But this guy was a pimp of the highest order. He was pimping out women to our most powerful in society. But they didn't. They didn't really call him a pimp. Not just. I don't think any. I really heard the word pimp. That's wild. Children. They they said children. Was children yeah. Not just any. The scammer. He was a pimp. Like that's there's no different from what you see on the like everywhere else. But why are we gonna judge him? Why are we gonna ha- make a documentary? Around? Like why are we gonna like? Why has he lasted in our society for so long? You know what I'm saying? In the Bible, it says the devil has footsteps. He walks amongst the man. Well, mm. people don't understand. People think the devil's a spirit. No, the devil's a man. He walks amongst us, right? Mm. He he embodies the values that that we should not be partaking in. You understand? And the fact of the matter is, our society glorifies the fuck he did, and that's disgusting. And the right. fact is, we know, and we there's countless cases of Trump himself paying yeah. up young girls dollars for for uh, rape allegations. Oh, I heard about that too. So, this shit is satanic. This shit is disgusting. Like right. this shit. When I say satanic, I really mean it because I'm telling you, it says in the Bible by definition, people oh. has footsteps. Mm. So the fact of the matter is, you should be thinking of this as a racial wall because they they're trying to change a narrative. It's not a racial wall, it's a spiritual wall. They're trying to kill you internally, trying to change you. You know what I mean? They're trying to change your spirit. You know what I mean? By giving you a race. There was never such thing as black or white back in the day, bro. Ever. Back mm-hmm. before 400 years ago when slavery occurred, they called us Negroes. Yeah. And they never niggers. They appropriated that term and made it disgusting. There's absolutely no way that. You know, everything that's happening now is natural, you know, and that's what they're making it seem like. And that's that's what's wrong with today's society, is that we have naturalized, we have allowed it, normalized everything to the point that mm. we are now worshipping pagan holidays, like, what the hell is an Easter bunny? Who And why is St. Nicholas white when he's actually black? Like, I'm confused. That's true. Like, it's a lot, holidays man. That we're they should not be worshipped. We should not have a Mother's Day. We should, Mother's Day should be every day because the Bible says you should love your parents every single day. Why do we love them only one day of the year and every other day? So I've seen some kids go crazy on their parents. Like, and we and parents are okay with it. It's like the way we treat each other. It's like it's normalized and it's not the right way that one should live. And it wasn't the way that we lived back in the day, bro. Wow. Yeah. It never was. We were as, like these mystical creatures. Like I would read history books about Africans, and they'd be like, Africans were these these mystical like warriors that had all the resources, and they would fuel the world. Yeah. So what did the white man do? That for his advantage, I mean, literally committed genocide. Tainted tain- 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 the heart. Yeah. It, that was crazy. It's disgusting, though. like to see that president like the fact that the liberal party conservative party is okay with the president being paying off kids 13 million like i could show you these screenshots no, no, no many they're okay with it because it's on both sides like, like they have people on both sides caught yeah, up in it. That's, okay with it. that's crazy isn't it? Is a part of it bro. that's why her whole WikiLeaks thing was insane because that information of her husband being brought out with him still cheating like oh, shit like crazy. that like they don't want us to know but these people are in these little weird tribes or these cult satanic tribes that we don't want to call them satanic because they've tried to steer us away from that term. But they are. <laughs> Period, right. bro. They're satanic because by definition, that's what it means. 
it's just up to us to just keep ourselves, you know, positive and just have yeah. that inner mind. I think black people just, just need to, we just need, right. we just need to mobilize yeah. and realize like this shit is like what what what's going on, and currently in the White House, what's in the media, it's not natural. Like we just gotta like I, when I wish my parents did this earlier, like just told us like, but you know they were also from like they they were also a little bit naive coming from you know another country, and so like now that we have more knowledge we just need to tell our tell you know all of us among us that like a lot of this shit on the media a lot of this stuff that we see on tv a lot of our leadership is not natural but this is the way of the world but we just have to keep righteous and and kind of walk yeah. step forward and i think that's that's where yeah. i think that's our solution going forward as just like keep our heads up like we just need to keep our heads up move forward and and be righteous i know and just a lot of the people that are around us, we, we're all human, we all make mistakes, it's good and bad sides of, sides of us, but a lot of what's going, a lot, we just got to teach them just to, just to be humble and have a humble spirit, because a lot of times, a lot of our leaders and leadership in, in, in Hollywood and, 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 and the government, a lot of, they, they're so powerful, and the power corrupts in any in any sector where you go, tech, uh, law, government, all that stuff, and we just got to keep to ourselves and, and just try to be righteous and try to do what we can, but also stand up for what's right, stand up for justice, and I think that's that's what that's the that's the definite goal i think that's the definite uh battle that we should be striving for um especially this coming election like we just even though our candidates are not great we have we have dirt we have corruption on both sides just you know the family unit is the most important thing and this has taught me to value families taught me to value you know our people and, and and just be positive going forward and i think that on that note, I think we should we should just close on that positive note. But I, I don't want to just end it right there. I want to know like, just as of having this conversation, like what what do you have to tell you know people who are listening into this, like who are kind of like feel bleak about this current situation involving cops, police, our leadership, and everything that's going on. And y'all can take turns and go and say what you want. But like, what do you guys have to say? Like one last thing. Um. I can just say that we've been through worse. You know, we've we fought for for generations to try to get to this point. Um, we're just on the last leg of the fight, and we just got to close it out. You know, we've we've been through. You know, we've been oppressed for a long time. We've been through way worse, and we've made it through that, so we can make it through this. Absolutely, I'm a, I'm gonna go piggyback off of that. Like, compared to what. People before us have gone through to fight for their freedom. We we have we have no excuse to give up the fight. Like right now, like I think we got people exactly where we want them. Like companies, corporations, as hollow as they may be, saying Black Lives Matter means that they've been forced to acknowledge some of what we've been trying to get across. Now I don't think America's at the consciousness to fully accept what's necessary for us to really get to a point of comfort. But I definitely believe that if we keep pushing them in the direction, it'll, it'll be reached. True. Yeah. Hey, Manny, what do you, yeah, I would say like, I always go back to what MLK, just MLK and Malcolm X, like, like really do your history and just know that both of them were obviously fighting for the same cause, but MLK was a blessing in disguise because who knows, like we wouldn't have been able to know what was wrong and what was right. Like which approach was wrong, which approach was right at the end of the day. And now we know that Martin, or what's his name? Malcolm X was talking about, you know, investing yourself and not, 
you know, you know, intermingling with everyone else because no one's gonna invest in you, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Like, and it's been proven. Like, just because you want to intermingle with everyone doesn't mean that they want to intermingle with you. You know what I mean? They just they might that's just want to benefit off of you down throughout history. Fact. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's what Mokay has been preaching, but Malcolm X has said the, the complete opposite. And I think we're now a, a response or almost the consequence of that. And we're now coming to light. We're now we're now noticing that we must invest in ourselves. You know, and and I I see, I see that companies are now being aware. You know, they're, they're noticing. That's why you see all the Black Lives Matter everywhere. So if there's any advice I give anyone, like just do your history and find something that you love and invest in yourself and like throw your focus there. Seriously, because like people, I'm sure in, in the future, there's going to be a lot of money being thrown to these new startup black businesses. You know what I mean? So a bunch of you first gens or, you know, recent college grads that don't know what to do, like find something True. that you love and see what you can see, what you can do out of that. It's, you know, taking videos, taking pictures, making movies, making music, anything it is, making books. You really like to read or write, like whatever it is, find a way to make money off of it now because the money is going to start flowing. And I think there's going to definitely be a change of ideology. But um, I also think that we need some sort of like a black sit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I'm all black first now, you know, I really think like, like we need like, we need a black sit. like we need something like I really support everything that Washington did that city did in Seattle and I find it super innovative like if I had the money and I could support my own city and and, and put money in my people's pockets then I would bro straight up and that's like some things that I think our, our people shouldn't be or should be thinking about you know big big things that we could do to invest in our own people you know what I mean so that's about it just invest in yourself that's Got it, it. I would ever cross, man. <laughs> That's what's up. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining us. We're going uh, two hours strong on this podcast. Uh, yeah, thank you man. to Manny. Thank you to Eddie uh, for for rocking with us for this long, this whole time. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys, getting your guys' ideas out, um, hearing your opinions on certain matters. Um, uh, we're happy to have you guys. Man, I always appreciate this, bro. This was fun. Definitely owe you guys a lot yeah. for letting yeah, me express man. myself. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man. Course. Thank you guys for sharing. You know, thank you, Eddie, for coming coming by, sharing sharing your story. Oh, especially you, Manny, took a lot of guts to share your story. And then, you Definitely, know, bro. Thank you for being yeah, so man. transparent, Manny. For real. Appreciate y'all, man. Thanks for having this platform. I think it's important for black men to speak up. You know, I mean, they've been silencing silencing us for way too long. And I don't mean that like. And like I don't mean that like they like obviously we got musicians and rappers and all that, but yeah, they're yeah. not spewing the right information. You know right. I mean? The right information must be silenced. Right. You know something y'all should do is start your own website. You know what I mean? Like y'all should have your own like platform for where you like produce things. You know, well, for that's this hard. Yeah. That'd be well, awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Money in your companies running these social platforms. Like you should be able to use Instagram as like your your liaison to what you're trying to do like you should be able to like the fact that instagram runs everything no nah, it, sh- it shouldn't be like that you know what i mean like black black people can start their own websites or whatever and, you know check out blitter it's a new the black <laughs> oh, twitter yeah like he yeah, yeah, like the it, it was a thing a while ago, but then he kind of like shut it down because it wasn't getting enough traction. But he's revamping it. Okay. So, yeah. See, shit like yeah. That, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna look that <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy.
But don't name it Twitter. I mean, I don't know. I don't. It's, then it kind of gives it like it's a Twitter, but for black people. Version. I'm like, you know, we gotta have something for ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like how like a black man had made Instagram, right? Yeah. Like, then, if done, probably wouldn't have gotten like uh, canceled because yeah. the white man was like, yeah, we can't be doing this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> all right guys all right y'all get <laughs> right, yeah, real man till next time huh? nice thank you <laughs>